And as long as you do that, as long as you make sure that whoever you're working with, whatever you're working with, whatever location you're working for, you make sure it ben uh, benefits them. Hey, I believe your company has a charity. I'd like to make a large donation to that charity. I need something, but I just want you to be aware that I'm not here for free and I'm going to make a donation. Are you okay with that? You always, that way, whenever you have someone else introduce you, you come in under a, under a, a, a cloud of credibility, okay? Yeah. And that's the key. Today, credibility is your bank account. If you have no credibility, you have no bank account. If you have credibility, you're buying a yacht. In the early stages, before I get to that mode, it's gotta be, hey, we spoke the other week, you know, and I really enjoyed that conversation. Should we have lunch? Are you available in two weeks' time? Let's have lunch. Hey, I've got an event coming over. Why don't you come over to the event? There's some good people you should meet. You've got to focus on the relationship in the early stages. Otherwise, it's the same example as a sequoia tree. And that is coming up next on Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. So stay tuned. So the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. Join today and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tetra Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Every week, we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing and do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Steve Sims. So Steve is an entrepreneur that has sent clients to see the Titanic, had them sing on the stage with their favorite rock band and has closed down a museum in Florence, Italy for a dinner party and then had Andrea Bocelli come in to entertain and many, many other things like that. So if you haven't guessed, uh, Steve is the founder of Blue Fishing. It's an internationally famous company that makes once in a lifetime events happen for those who can afford it. Um, so it's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, let's uh, dive in. Welcome, Steve. That's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your life and your past life and how did you uh, come into uh, um, this colorful life of making these unique experiences happen for rich people? Yeah, it is colorful. I will say that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a guy from East London, uh, left school at the age of 15, started working with my parents on the building site. And like all entrepreneurs, I realized I didn't fit. So something wasn't right. I wasn't challenged. I wasn't motivated. 
And when entrepreneurs aren't challenged and motivated, we become depressed and agitated and almost aggressive. So as a big lad from East London, my mum just thought I was waiting before I was going to jail. She just thought, this is it. My son's a delinquent. But, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then I suddenly thought to myself, I want to surround myself with people. Now, this was back in the 80s. We didn't have Instagram, Facebook. We didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have internet. We didn't have any of these things. So I wasn't able to go out and find this mentorship. So I had a And by luck, and it was completely abstract, being big and ugly, I got the chance of working on the door, okay? But this actually gave me a unique viewpoint to watch humanity. And I would see the people turning up in a Ferrari and they would get out of it and they looked uncomfortable. And I was realizing that they were turning up in the car to impress us, not them, us. And then I would see other people turning up in a Ferrari and they would get out all happy. And the Ferrari was just a car to them. It wasn't a status symbol. And it was the greatest position to study human psychology that I look back on now and I was so blessed to have that education. And it was from there that I thought to myself, oh, I want to know that guy. Or I want to know that guy. And I remember there was one guy in the club, real nice guy, used to come in after work with his, with his mates. You know, they'd all go out trying to chat up girls and stuff. 99% of the time, they'd all go home alone, you know, but they didn't care. They were just good lads. And mm. I remember one night I was inside the club because there'd been a, a slight altercation that I'd had to kind of calm down. And I was stood near this guy's table. And he had some girls with him, and they were good-looking lads. And the, the, the lady came over that had been serving him drinks with his bill in, like, the little, the little wallet. Mm -hmm. And as she came over, she put the card down. She went, there you go. And she went to walk off. And he turned around. And he said, oh, excuse me. And she turned around, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry I wasn't paying attention when you put that down. Let me sort that now. And he got his card out, stuck it on top, and then handed it to her. But he was fully engaged, away from his party, talking to this girl. It stunned her. It stunned me. And he was so polite to her. But one of the other things was he never checked the bill. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, there's a man that's got all the status, got all the trinkets of success, but still took the time and he's so wealthy. I don't know how wealthy he was, but at the time I was getting paid, you know, like a grand a week. He mm. was so wealthy, he didn't have to check if he had any money on his credit card. He just threw the card down. Mm. And I was in awe of this guy. And so I started knowing where all the best clubs were, knowing where all the premiers were, all the parties. And I would feed him this information for him to be able to go to them purely and simply to build up a network of affluent people so I was now surrounding myself with people I wanted to be. So it wasn't a case of, hey, I want to design a marketing, branding, or concierge firm. I just wanted to know successful people so that I could emulate them. I could understand what makes you tick. Along the way, the request went from, hey, I need to get into a party, to I want to go to this movie premiere, to I want to go to the Formula One Grand Prix, to I want to be front row of the New York Fashion Week and the Grammys. And the requests got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I kept on facilitating it. And without realizing it, 
develop the world's leading experiential concierge firm. Awesome. What an amazing story. So um, how do you, how do you make these miracles happen? Like, you know, no matter how much money you have, like, how do you uh, make somebody sit in the front row in, in the Grammys or, you know, uh, get, uh, get front row uh, tickets in Grand Prix? Like, it seems impossible task to me. Good. Um, for a start, if you think <laughs> it's impossible, I can charge you more. Um, the, the thing is, money is always the last thing. Now, I want to know you can afford it. But if you ever want to get a superstar or a film star or an actor or an actress to kind of like run away from you quick, phone them up and go, hey, how much will it cost me to get you to... And they will just hang up on you. Because no one that's got a high profile wants to be bought or sold. Nobody. Okay? So you've got to give them a reason to be involved. So you phone up and you go, hey... Well, there's a little side note to that. But we're going to come back to that. Make a note. We'll come back to the phone call. But you contact the people and you go, hey, um, I wanted to talk to you about having my client appear on your next movie. But before we get into that, I noticed that you're actually supporting a clean water bill and you're mm -hmm. actually doing a gala. I've got a way how I can get more affluent people to come to your gala, therefore spend more money on the tickets, the donations, the auction items, and even be able to better brand market and write copy for that event. Would that be of interest to you? Mm -hmm. Now, of course, who would say no? If I talk to you about an event that's important to you, you're excited. Now, I've already told you I'm going to talk to you about having my client on your movie, mm -hmm. but I've quickly spent more time talking about an event that's your passion project, something that's important to you, and provided a solution. But more than anything, I've made it very crystal clear what I'm after. And I've made it very crystal clear that I'm willing to make sure it's a win-win for you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you do that, as long as you make sure that whoever you're working with, whatever you're working with, whatever location you're working for, you make sure it ben uh, benefits them. Hey, I believe your company has a charity. I'd like to make a large donation to that charity. I need something, but I just want you to be aware that I'm not here for free and I'm going to make a donation. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I am. Great. Now, let me tell you what I'm after. So I always make sure there's a win. Now, the win can be very simple. It could be, hey, um, I see from your Facebook postings, I was stalking you this morning, you love horses. Have you ever been to the Kentucky Derby before? No, I haven't. Well, you know I'm on the phone because I need something from you. We can talk about that in a second. But how would you like to be VIP in next year's Kentucky Derby? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Brilliant. I'll make that happen. Now, let me run through what it is I'm after. Okay, so it doesn't have to be a $200,000 donation. It could be a couple of tickets to a ball game. And you can use this. I've used this for the Pope and I've used it for my next door neighbor. I had a friend of mine and uh, there was a baseball. He was in town. He's British. And I sent him to a baseball game. But rather than just buying two tickets and baseball's cheap, you know, unless it's the World Series. So yeah. two tickets to a local baseball game. I bought a baseball, put the tickets over it, and just put some elastic bands to hold the tickets on, put it in a box with some like little pink wrapping paper, and posted it to him. Now, the tickets, the ball, and the postage, I think maybe cost 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not even that. 
but I'd created a euphoria. I'd created an experience just in the fact that this box turned up. They opened up. And here's the daft thing. I already told him I was going to get him two tickets. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it come with a baseball as well, that he could play with his son. Every yeah. time he's throwing that baseball between him and his son, now he's back in England. Who's he thinking of? Yeah. So yeah. my point is focus on how you can take the request or what you're after and make a trigger attachment to create an emotional connection to whatever you do. That's how I do it. I try to create an emotional connection within anything I do. Awesome. That's great. So it's, it's a, it, there's some deep psychology, human psychology hidden there, right? Yeah, I never, you know, I'm a very, I class my I classed myself as a very uneducated man because I, I never finished school. Mm-hmm. I class myself as a well-educated man now because I failed, I've succeeded, I failed, failed again, succeeded. And I've been able to communicate with a very large population of the world. Um, cultures, languages, um, financial positions that I'm now able to kind of understand people's perspectives. Um, so I didn't realize how much I was into psychology Mm. and I feel a bit nervous to say how much I'm addicted to it, but Mm. I absolutely love it. I love talking to clients to find out what's the reason why, what, what is the trigger there? What is the core? that's making you desire that? Why do you want to be at the fashion week? Why do you want to sing with Elton John? Why do you want to go on, on a fashion week? Why do you want to have a, a, a go onto a jet into the edge of space? Why do you want to go and see the Titanic? I love the psychology and the reasons behind these things. That's awesome. So, um, you know, obviously uh, there are people who have uh, more money than they know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. they have these, uh, these type of desires. That's not to say that People with less money have not similar desires, but when you interact with these, uh, you know, different sects of people, uh, uh, sectors of people, do you find any fundamental differences between them? Like, do people change as they acquire more wealth? Oh, sadly, no, but you do. You see, if I introduced you to uh, me, the point is, as everyone can now see how stunningly good looking I am, I'm not the guy you want to bump into on a Friday night. I didn't know what I did. If I wasn't speaking, you know, if you didn't hear my tone, um, you may look at this big fella walking down the street and be concerned as to who that was. Okay. So your attitude would change. But if you meet me next week and I'm up in Vancouver, because publicly this man's promised me an Indian restaurant. So I have, I have. I'm going to hold him to that. But yeah. if I met up with you next week, next Friday, you may bring some friends along or some family along for the dinner. So your mm-hmm. attitude changes based on how well you know me. But mm-hmm. here's another thing. If you meet someone and you don't think he's got a lot of money, you respond to him differently than if you find out that he's the new chairman of Apple. Yeah. yeah. Now, sure. like it or not, if I introduced you to a guy and I said, actually, this is the CEO the reports directly to Sir Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. Your attitude towards that man would change because the power, the perception of power and the perception of money changes your reaction. So nine times out of 10, these people that have money, it's been a slow burn. You know, it's taken them years to get very few people go from having 10 bucks in their bank account to 10 billion. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. So, and now lotto winners and look how many lotto winners commit suicide. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So these people have gone through all of these years. They still know Elon Musk still knows what it's like to share. I spoke with him a while back. He still remembers what it was like to share a room with his brother. Okay. Mm. He doesn't have to share a room with anybody now, but yeah. he still remembers that. But if you met Elon Musk, you would be so polite, so cautious, and so sadly artificial. Yeah, if I'm introduced you to a guy and you've never met Elon before, you'd be like, hey, how you doing? I had, a, I had an event in uh, Palm Beach, and I was with a guy called Roger Daltrey. Do you know who Roger Daltrey is? No. no. He's the lead singer of The Who. Okay. okay? So very famous in England, very famous from that generation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was chatting with him and a friend of mine came over that was a bit younger and sat down and just sat down and started talking. Now, Roger's older than me. So I'm not sure he could have been my dad, but he definitely could have been my, my older brother. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this girl just started chatting, had no idea that he was one of the most famous rock stars in the planet. No mm -hmm. idea. Okay. Until she walked off and someone told her who she'd just been spending a couple of hours with. She came back a different person. And I shouted at her. I said to her, go away. We enjoyed you when you were here as you. And now you've just come back as a stalker and as a super fan. It ain't cool. So piss off. And she went, you change, not the other people. The other people want that transparency. I think one of my secret sources, without realizing it, is I spoke to every single person as a, a bill-paying member of humanity. And yeah. so I would turn around and go, hey, how you doing? Right, so what do you want? And I've even had very important and famous people going, well, uh, you, you've probably seen me in movies. Um, yeah, I have, but we're not here to discuss that, are we? Yeah. And they're like, well, no, but did you want a selfie? What a selfie? Do you want a selfie? So it's very, <laughs> it's very strange how people's attitudes change to different people. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Very so it's not them, it's you. Yeah. And and to your point, you know, um, when they have accumulated wealth, most people take years and decades. And and yeah, I mean, it's a tiring uh, thing to do. It's not easy to accumulate that wealth. So, and, uh, you know, I can see how it sort of, you know, it changes them as as maybe humble them in, in, a, in a way uh, because it they actually, have reached that one. Do you know, they are looking... Because most, most wealthy people, well, my clients have, <clears throat> they have two traits. Um, one of them is that they're failures, okay? Yeah. Openly failures. They fail, they fail often, they fail a lot, and that's their education. Your greatest growth comes from your greatest pain. You know, they yeah. say about it, you know, when you're, when you're lifting up muscles, you, when you're working muscles and you're, you lift, you're lifting up weights, mm -hmm. no pain, no gain. Okay. Yeah. It's the exact same in business. If you suddenly find that you writ a contract wrong and you've just lost $50,000, well, you just spent $50,000 on an education, how to write a contract. So yeah. all of these people are failures and they've grown from it. Secondly, they're all self-made. So they still know what it's like to have to run their own credit cards to pay the utility bill or borrow from a friend to pay payroll or to be waking up at night because you can't afford to pay a bill on, on, on Tuesday. They know what that feels like because believe it or not, having money removes emotion, okay? Um, having no money provides pain and you remember pain 
regard uh, more than you remember having no pain does that make yeah. sense well, of course yeah i mean um like i i've i've uh, i know exactly what you're talking about because i've had these similar experiences you know lots of pain lots of uh, sort of you know starting from humble beginnings and having nothing uh, so i completely agree with you and i i i resonate completely with you yeah yeah so it's it's good they all want to be talking uh, talk to as normal people most successful people are really good at one maybe two things um for the rest of it they're just as rubbish and crap as us um and they just want to be normal people you know yeah. they may run an empire that's worth a billion dollars but when they're at a bar they just like a certain brand of beer or whiskey or something like that and they want to stand there and they want to be entertained they want to be educated they want to have a giggle they want to have fun so when you're over there blowing smoke up their backside because you bumped into them at a gala that's why they're aggravated they get aggravated you think they're pricks you walk off going well he's full of himself no you just approach the conversation wrong got it good tip for sure next time i'm uh, running into a celebrity or a rich person i'll try that um uh, now going from there to uh vatican and uh, i believe uh, you mentioned pope so that's a totally different uh ball game right like there, i i don't believe there is any bar involved any any uh, whiskey involved there so how did you manage to do that so yeah i didn't exactly meet the pope at a bar that's for sure um <laughs> do you remember i said to you we were going to go back to this it may be a good idea to do that now sure. i have never made a phone call direct in my life okay. so i'm going to play a little game with you okay just to get the point across yeah. So here's the scoop. I walk into a bar. I walk up to you and I go, hey, how you doing? My name's Steve Sims. I've got people married in the Vatican by the Pope. I've sent people down in the Titanic. I've sent them on the white carpet with Sir Elton John. And I've had them backstage at Guns N' Roses. I'm a big deal. And then I put yeah. my hand out and shake your hand. What do you yeah. think of me? Well, just like you said, I was, I'll be like, you know, this guy is full of himself. So I don't know why right. he's saying all these things to me. Okay. So now let's change the scenario slightly. Mm -hmm. I walk into a bar. You're stood at the bar with your best mate. And I ignore you. Why? Because I don't know who you are. I go to the end of the bar. I order my old fashioned. And your mate nudges you in the ribs and says, Oi, you see that guy down there? He's got people married in the Vatican by the Pope. He knows Sir Elton John, Elon Musk, Richard Branson. That guy's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what do you want to do? What are you thinking now? Yeah, now I want to buy you a drink. <laughs> Bingo. So yeah. whenever I want to get near someone, the worst thing I can do is contact them myself. So mm. what I do is I look for people in that peer space, in that mm. sand pit, and I go, hey, mm. I need to get into this. When I needed to work with the Vatican and um, the Academia the Galleria in uh, Florence, mm. I contacted some very pow powerful families that I'd worked for in Italy. And I said to them, hey, I need to do this in the Vatican. Do you have any connections? Now, when I did that with Florence, the first person I contacted, there was a client of mine, he had strong connections. So it was very direct there. But when I was working with the Vatican, it took me about four families that I had to go through to finally get to one that was powerful enough to have the ear and the respect of the Vatican. And so by that time, they made the introduction. And then you contact and go, hey, how are you? Thank you very much for taking the call. Yes, I believe you've already been informed that I wish to do something with the Vatican. However, I've noticed there's a couple of projects you're working on, and I would like to see how I can help you. And so 
you always that way. Whenever you have someone else introduce you, you come in under a, under a, a, a cloud of credibility. Okay. Yeah. And that's the key today. Credibility is your bank account. If you have no credibility, you have no bank account. If you have credibility, you're buying a yacht. So credibility is the currency that everyone today should be focused on. And so that's yeah. how I do it. I get other people to introduce me. So I come in warm. Usually they say, Hey, I've got someone to introduce you to. This guy's done this with uh, uh, Swell and John. He's done this with uh, Lady Gaga. He's done this with Brad Pitt. He's done this with Ferrari. So by the time I end up speaking with the people, they're like, hey, I heard this story about you and ZZ Top. Is that true? And then you go, maybe, let me tell you the story. So by the time you're already interested in who you are and what you bring to the table. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's the important thing. Amazing. Yeah, that's another deep psychology lesson right there. So uh, Yeah, but I, let's I, let's break it down and I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. This Go this ahead. is this is something and I'm not going to promote the book, but it's in my book. The bottom line of it is that philosophy, that trait, that structure, you can do that if you're trying to get to a local real estate agent that you haven't been able to connect with in your local town. You can use it to get hold of someone that owns a building that you want to sublease from, or you can use it with the Vatican and Sir Elton John. The same formula works with anyone that's standing, breathing, and human. It's the way we communicate, the way we connect, the way we get into, uh, introduced to them and we interact with them. Forget the fact of who my names are that I'm dropping, this mm. is something that you can use for absolutely everybody in your life. If there's a girl out there and you're trying to get close to her, are you mm. telling me that you're going to be better by chatting her up one-on-one? -on -one, or is it mm. better if her best mate says, that's a really cool guy? <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Well, so, I've, tried, I've tried that trick and uh, I, I can uh, vouch that uh, the latter approach is much better. Bingo, um, yeah. We all have. I'm married to a girl that was introduced to me <laughs> when I was 18 years old, 17 wow. years old. Um, I really liked this girl's friend and I'd really known this girl for a long time. And I said, look, you know me, tell her, you yeah. know me. And she True. did. And I still say that if it wasn't for her introduction, you know, she'd have never given me the light of day. Awesome. That's great. Great story. Now let's talk about your psychology now. So, you know, obviously I, I understand, you know, people can approach other people and, um, you know, forget about like celebrities and popes. Um, you know, you can reach normal people as well, but, I think there is a fear of rejection and um, there's a intimidation that people experience and they don't even try because of that, because they don't want to fail. They don't want to look like a, you know, uh, like idiot uh, trying to approach somebody. So I'm sure, you know, initially you had some of that. So did you have some of that? How did you overcome that? Um, I wasn't very smart. And I think this actually, it was a case of the emperor's clothes. Mm -hmm. No, someone would turn around and, and, and there's two things that you brought up there. So for me, I was always the kid that went, why not? You know? And so people would go, oh, we can't go in there because that's, that's for VIPs. Mm. And I'd be like, why not? You know, my 10 bucks is the same as your 10 bucks. You know, I didn't know there was a, uh, I didn't know there was a different standard on, on currency now. So it used to annoy me how people would self-select where they were. I told you that I used to work as a doorman. When you stand on the door, 
you get a group of people walking towards the door and they self-select. Do they go to the dorm and go, hey, how are you doing? Uh, is it good in there? Yeah, thank you. I'd like a table. And they converse politely with us and we let them in. Or do you go and stand in the line? Okay. Yeah. We don't tell people to stand in the line. They self-select. They will walk up and they would go, oh, there's the doorman. Oh, oh there's a line. I better get in the line. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. you get other people that would just turn up and go, hey, how are you doing? Um, looking for a table. You know, there's four of us. Well, have a good night. Is this a good place to be? Yeah, it is. In you go. And, and I noticed that from a very early age. So for me, I could never understand why you would self-select. Mm. Why would you get in the way of, of a potential decision? It's like you said earlier about, oh, it's impossible. Okay. Yeah. The only reason it's impossible is because you think it's impossible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At my age and with what I've pulled off, mm-hmm. I don't believe anything is impossible. But in the early stages, I was too stupid, too ignorant to recognize that I couldn't get in. So I would just walk up and go in. And my friends would be like, how do you do that? And of course, I'd spend the night in there. And I'd be like, why don't you guys come in? Oh, uh, we didn't know. And here's the second part of that story. So I think you self-select. Uh, when I, when I, I do a lot of consulting for clients now under Steve D. Sims. And the first thing we do is get yourself out of your way. Okay. Nine times out of 10, most of your problems are actually you and you need someone to shake you up, get you uncomfortable and then put you back in the right piece. But we're also in a, um, an intimidation economy now. And there's loads of TV shows where the entire goal, the entire aim is to humiliate the other person. We watch the Kardashians because we want to laugh at them. We watch Survivor because of all the bitchy, who's going to implode? Who's going to get in a mood? We watch yeah. Big Brother because we want to see how they're not getting on. We watch um, America's Funniest Videos because there's nothing we rejoice more than someone walking into a door, a window, or falling over. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're in an intimidation society today. And I don't believe people are scared of failing. I believe they're scared of people seeing them fail. Exactly. And me... I couldn't give a shit. The bottom line of it is I, I spoke, I'll name drop. I spoke to Elon Musk. It was about a year and a half ago. And I was with a friend of mine and I took him down to SpaceX. And he, t- he was saying about, oh, how did you do this? And how did you do it? And he was babbling because he was now in front of Elon Musk. And Elon just turned around and he said, well, be prepared. And the guy was like, what do you mean? And he said, they'll always laugh at you before they applaud. Mm. And he did not care. When was the last time you ever saw Elon Musk care about all of the tesla are going bankrupt this car's unsafe this is the he doesn't care and that's because the trait i told you about earlier all of my clients are serial failures they use it to refine them not define them so for me i believe anything's possible i don't understand why you don't try if you walk up to a door and you can't get in and someone says no you can't get in has that hurt you? You know, is your mortgage still paid? Has someone just stolen your kids? No, they've just uttered those two words, which sadly a lot of people can't handle. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Um, that's great. I mean, so much wisdom in those words and uh, so much entertainment right there. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the best of both worlds there. Uh, now we are running out of time, but I want to ask one more question here. So, 
seems like you know you invest a lot in building relationships um everything is that everything okay. yeah okay so tell us a little bit about that like you know what are the what what are the uh, what's the importance of uh, building relationships and uh, why don't more people understand this well the trouble is everyone's decided not to understand it and this is where it gets stupid um we're in a situation where uh, how old are you i'm 44 44 so mm. bingo you come from an era when you wanted to play with your mate mm. you had only two choices you phoned him up from the house because we yeah. didn't have any cell phones back there or you went and you went and knocked on his door yeah yeah it taught you how to communicate and you knock on the door and his mum would answer and you go hey hi is jimmy home i want to go out playing you know and you'll be polite to her we've learned that ability to communicate we go on to mm. facebook now someone's wearing an outfit that looks silly we go hey you're fat we put the phone yeah. down we forget we go off that person's crying all day we don't, yeah. don't see the reaction uh to what we say anymore we don't mm. see it so we deny it so we're becoming immune and desensitized to it so i think mm. everyone has the ability to communicate but i think we're choosing not to do it anymore and that's that's what i worry about and when i give um i i i do a lot of speaking engagements i did a speaking engagement a little while ago um regarding the power of relationships and how to build one and i walked on there and i gave everyone a sequoia seed mm. and the sequoia is the largest tree in the planet it's massive it's huge it's so big they cut holes in it for buses to go through okay <laughs> but the seed is measured in millimeters and i gave everyone in the room a seed and i said to him you're now holding what is potentially one of the largest trees in the world okay it's massively strong but today you can throw it in the bin you can put it on your desk you can stick it in your drawer you can shove it in your pocket you can do a million things with it today and the outcome will be exactly the same it'll die it'll be dead yeah. but if you want that massive tree then you've got to dig a hole deep enough you've got to water it you've got to feed it you've got to protect it then when it starts sprouting you've got to fence it so no one can walk over it you've got to protect it you've got to nurture it prune it feed it until it's big enough and strong enough to look after itself and then all you've got to do is maintain it mm -hmm. by going back to it every 6 months a year 2 years that's the exact same with a relationship someone meets someone in a bar today they swap business cards they don't phone them after 6 months hey jimmy how are you and jimmy's on the other end of the line going who the bloody hell is this because no yeah. relationship has been formed it hasn't been fed or nurtured so when you want a relationship you have to think of that example of the sequoia tree you contact them 2 days later the early part of a relationship you stay in contact a lot until the relationship gets so strong that then you go into maintenance mode i've got yeah. friends that i literally make a point of once a year just sending them something it could be a book that i read it could be a book that literally i read made notes in it stuck it in a box and i went your turn to read it you read it and pass it on you know and yeah. it's just that kind of thing but in the early stages before i get to that mode it's got to be hey we spoke the other week you know and i really enjoyed that conversation Should we have lunch? Are you available in two weeks' time? Let's have lunch. Mm -hmm. Hey, I've got an event coming over. Why don't you come over to the event? There's some good people you should meet. You've got to focus on the relationship in the early stages 
Otherwise, it's the same example as a sequoia tree. No matter how big and grand it's going to be, you do nothing with it today and the result will be the same, dead. That's profound. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, well, we are almost uh, very much over time, so, but this has been such an interesting conversation. So now tell us how people can reach out and build their relationship with you. <laughs> so I, I have a website, stevedsims.com, and there's only one M in Sims. So stevedsims.com. You can sign up for my newsletters. I give out free videos. I basically, when something comes to my mind, whether it be good or bad, if I failed on something in a week, I'll do a little video about it and I'll send it out. Um, okay. But it'll give you details about where I'm speaking, my speaking gigs. It'll give you details of my, um, uh, my course, thesimsdistillery.com, my book, Bluefishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. But you can also find Steve D. Sims on um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm pretty, I do a lot on Instagram under Steve D. Sims. And on Facebook, we have a free Facebook page called An Entrepreneur's Advantage by Steve Sims. And it's free of charge. And I'm always in there doing videos and little notes and jabbering away. So there's loads of ways of getting hold of me. That's great. That's great. I mean, this has been such an entertaining and uh, educational uh, conversation. Uh, I'll uh, definitely like to bring you once again to this show and uh, talk about some other things about life. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. And that's all for now. Until next time. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free. No obligations or strings attached, except for one, you have to take action and implement it. So join us today, navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, please do consider subscribing to our channel.